What we keep hearing from the mainstream media is that there was no voter fraud and that anybody that suggests it is just not realistic. The fact that they created two different classes of voters in the state is clearly unconstitutional. I think we're at a critical point in our nation's history. People having faith in the outcome of these elections that they were fair is absolutely crucial to our democracy. Welcome to Fact Check. This is our very first episode. My name is Caitlin Riley. I work with Wisdom News. And joining me is Bill Feehan, who's had an interesting road to coming here today to share some knowledge. And Bill, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what it is that led you to this point where we're going to be diving into a lot of important facets in the day-to-day life that's becoming American history? Right. Well, uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity to work with you And I think that uh, we're going to inform people about some really important issues that are impacting their lives. That's our goal, is to help inform people. And that's the name of the show, Fact Check. Let's take a look into these issues and perhaps see a different perspective that you may not be hearing from the mainstream media. I'm Bill Feehan. I started my first small business when I was 27 years old. I had a lawn care business. I sold that. Then I went into a bar and restaurant business. Eventually, I ended up working for a global corporation, and like most of the listeners, I was busy working and raising a family. Then one day, I decided to go and volunteer at the Republican Party, and that was 13 years ago. Little could I have suspected how that simple act was going to really change my life. I started out just as a volunteer. The next thing you know, people were asking me if I'd run for a leadership position I was elected vice chairman in 2009, chairman in 2011. I became a county supervisor in 2010, I was elected. Then in 2012, I was the Republican candidate for state Senate. So it was just kind of a whirlwind of things that happened. And then that eventually led to me becoming the vice chairman of the 3rd Congressional District. And today I am the chairman of the 3rd Congressional District. And this has all led to a point in time now where as a presidential elector, uh, I was selected to be a presidential elector for the Republican Party, I am now, I have standing in a case that has been filed in federal court challenging the results of the November 3rd election. So this case is very probably headed to the United States Supreme Court. And this is a topic that we've been talking about even before people cast their ballots in this election. Will there be voter fraud? Is there a chance of voter fraud? And now, Dill, since we have you sitting here with us today, was there evidence of voter fraud or did Democrats ignore state laws to rig this election or these just headlines that are coming out and spiking viral trends on social media? What we keep hearing from the mainstream media is that there was no voter fraud and that anybody that suggests it is just not realistic. And the truth is, we have hundreds of affidavits signed in the state of Wisconsin from people that witness voter fraud. And those people signed those statements under penalty of perjury. So yes, there were improprieties in this election. They actually started a couple of years ago. Some people remember that we had an organization called the Government Accountability Board. And Republicans didn't like that very much because uh, they'd launched some political witch hunts 
And so they formed what's now the Wisconsin Elections Commission. And this is a bipartisan, there's that word, commission that is supposed to oversee elections in Wisconsin. So it's comprised of three Democrat commissioners and three Republican commissioners. And then the chair alternates every two years between a Democrat and a Republican. So in this election, we have a Democrat who chairs the Wisconsin State Elections Commission. And that's really where all the problems began. So, Bill, you explained the background of the Wisconsin Elections Commission, how it came to be. But how does that impact the election that we saw today? Is there any sort of precedent, things like that, that are involved in the current lawsuit that's going on? Well, the lawsuits began a year ago in 2019. The first lawsuit was over the refusal of Democrats on the commission to remove voter registrations of people that had moved. So we are part of an organization called ERIC, E-R-I-C, and we're in that organization with 29 other states in the District of Columbia. And what do they do? They track registrations at motor vehicle places for license plates, and they also track the Social Security death registry and change of address forms at the U.S. Post Office. So that huge database, anytime somebody changes their address, it flags that registration. So according to Wisconsin state law, those registrations go through a process. A letter is sent to the voter. They have an opportunity to respond back. If they don't, they're supposed to be removed from the voting rolls. But the Democrats on the Wisconsin Election Commission refused to remove those people from the rolls. At first, that was 240,000 people in the state of Wisconsin. More recently, I interviewed one of the commissioners, Bob Spindell. He said that that number had been brought down to about 130,000 registrations before the election. But we know today that about 7,000 people who moved out of Wisconsin actually voted in this election. So that was one of the first problems we could track through the whole legal process But the bottom line is uh, Democrat-appointed judges refused to order the Wisconsin Elections Commission to remove those registrations. And as we know, this was a very close election in Wisconsin, just over 20,000 votes that they say separated the difference. Is this something that's feasible to go through and prove that this happened and overturned the election results in Wisconsin? Well, I was approached by Sidney Powell's law firm and People may remember that Sidney Powell was the attorney who got the charges against General Michael Flynn dismissed. That's her big claim to fame. But she's fighting in many states across the country against uh, these irregularities that have happened in these elections. So I was approached because I'm a presidential elector and a voter in Wisconsin. You have to have somebody who has standing. So I have standing to be the plaintiff in this lawsuit. That's where this thing has evolved to now, is now we can look back on the election and we can see what the Wisconsin Election Commission did in this election year and how it violated Wisconsin state laws. And another example of that that you brought to my attention was the issue of the Green Party candidate. Do you want to explain that a little bit for people who may not have caught up with that? Because I know this is certainly a topic that I didn't realize the depth of involvement it could have on the election outcome. Right. So in 2016, Jill Stein got 31,000 votes 
in the election. And that was enough that it would have changed the outcome in Wisconsin. Donald Trump won by 23,000 votes. So this time around, the Green Party candidate uh, from Wisconsin was trying to get on the ballot. He submitted his signature papers to the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Something unusual happened where he actually moved during the course of collecting the signatures. He still obviously lived in the state of Wisconsin, but um, that became the basis of a challenge from a Democrat attorney. And they totally flipped the law on its head. And rather than putting the burden of proof on the Democrat attorney to prove that these signatures weren't valid, they swung it back around. They put the burden of proof on the candidate from the Green Party. Long story short, Democrats on the Wisconsin Election Commission refused to allow the Green Party candidate on the ballot. So once again, we see that Joe Biden won by just over 20,000 votes. And in 2016, the Green Party candidate got 31,000 votes. So I think you could say right there, that action by the Wisconsin Elections Commission probably changed the outcome of this election. And of course, we have the pandemic to think about. People were voting in ways that maybe they never had before. There was a push for a lot of people to vote early, vote absentee, and IDs, identification. That seems to come in with a whole wormhole of complications. Is there any evidence going forth that that could have impacted the election? Or is that a part of the lawsuit that you're taking part in? This is a central part of the challenge to this election in Wisconsin. And in 2000, when the Supreme Court heard the case of Bush versus Gore, they decided that election based on the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which is the Equal Protection Clause. And what that says is that people have to be treated equally. So when the Wisconsin Election Commission instructed clerks earlier this year that they did not have to have an ID to register people online for an absentee ballot, they created a separate class of voters who didn't have to produce an ID. And that number was over 200,000 voters in the state of Wisconsin. That's a huge problem because most of the people in the state of Wisconsin had to produce that ID. And uh, they've created two classes of voters. And of course, we don't really know necessarily who all these people were that requested Uh, these ballots. Obviously, there's an opportunity for fraud. But the fact that they created two different classes of voters in the state is clearly unconstitutional. And yes, that's one of the parts of the lawsuit that Sidney Powell has filed on my behalf. And I also heard issues of the absentee ballots if they came in not completely filled out or incorrectly filled out. Is there evidence of any issues there? Once again, the Wisconsin Election Commission acted clearly in violation of state law. Our state law says that if there are any pieces of information missing on the envelope to the ballot, that uh, those ballots have to be discarded. What the Elections Commission did was it instructed clerks across the state that they could fill in that missing information. They also instructed them to do it in red pen because they probably understood that these ballots might be challenged in the future. We don't know how many hundreds of thousands of ballots are like that. But when people say that, you know, nothing changed in the recount, the reason it didn't change in the recount is because Milwaukee and Dane County are controlled by Democrat election officials. 
and they refused to acknowledge the challenges by Republican attorneys and poll watchers to these ballots that had been filled out illegally. That's another major problem with the voting process here in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin Election Commission did it clearly in violation of state law. Now, you mentioned, of course, we had the recount that President Donald Trump paid for in the more Democrat-leaning counties in the state. They've gone through the voting machines. They're saying there wasn't much fluctuation there. But there's been arguments that that's not a true representation of whether or not there was voting fraud. The voting machines retabulate the same or similar result. Well, one of the real interesting aspects of this election is the security of the voting machines and software. And uh, my high school classmate, Democrat Senator Amy Klobuchar, was testifying about this in the U.S. Senate two years ago and trying to raise alarm bells about the fact that these machines and these systems were not secure. And that's a big part of this lawsuit, too, because these machines are easily open to tampering. Somebody can add or subtract votes by simply adding in a USB. And, you know, that just is something that shouldn't be. And and a big part of this suit is being done based on um, forensic data analysis. And some of the things that we're seeing in this election just are not possible. It's just not possible that the number of votes that actually were cast uh, in the time frame that they were supposedly cast, that that actually that it actually could have happened. So that's a a really complicated and hard to understand piece of this. But it's certainly, as we look to the future and securing our elections, we have to have a national effort to ensure that if we're going to use voting machines, that the data can be audited so people can have confidence in it and that those systems are secure. They can't be connected to the Internet. We can't be sending data to servers in Germany and other places around the world for processing. Um, That's another huge uh, learning that we're going to have to take from this experience. And as you said, you're part of a lawsuit that could very well reach the U.S. Supreme Court. What's the significance of the timeliness of all this to make sure that they're filing complaints and requesting recounts, everything in such a tight time frame to make sure that it can be heard before a judge. There's lots of concerns there. People probably saw that the Wisconsin Supreme Court decided on four to three not to hear the arguments directly. And so a judge was assigned to hear the opening arguments and the evidence. It seems clear that this case is definitely headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. There are many arguments in this lawsuit that we haven't talked about. And maybe we'll talk about some of those things next. And I do have to ask this because obviously you don't have a crystal ball, but regardless of the outcome of these lawsuits and of this election, what do you think that this will mean for our elections going forward? Do you think that this will historically change the role of a presidential election in America? I think we're at a critical point in our nation's history. And whether you're a Republican, an independent, a Democrat, or a Green, you ought to recognize that people having faith in the outcome of these elections, that they were fair, is absolutely crucial to our democracy. What's decided here is probably going to have major implications for how people view voting in the future. If they don't believe that going and casting a vote matters, then we're going to see that a lot of people aren't going to vote anymore. 
and we just can't have that. We have to be engaged as citizens. It's our most basic obligation. The date certain that these cases have to be decided is January 6th. So we're going to swear in a new president or the old president on January 20th. I expect that we're going to see these lawsuits uh, progress very quickly over the coming weeks. Well, thank you so much, Bill. And thank you all for listening to our very first episode of Fact Check. I'm Caitlin Riley. And I'm Bill Fian.